Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I remember one recruiting victory that you did get. It's Wes. I know you remember my quarterback, Paul Troth, and he and I came up there to East Carolina for a visit. And Walker. Vance High School, offensive lineman, big kid, eventually <laughs> went to Florida. Do you remember Wes Bryant at Vance High there, Coach? Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. If Florida had come along and that young man told me he wanted to come to East Carolina, I probably wouldn't take him because I think he was not very bright. Uh. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. This is the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button on the social medias, the Twitter, Instagram of WFNZ, at Brian underscore 72, at Walker Mail, at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram, and most importantly, at Wesson Walker on Twitter. College football weekend. Welcome to the 2 o'clock hour. Great matchups on the board this week, all over the place. Uh, and to help us talk about some of those matchups and more, we've got Kevin Todd from VegasMistake.com on the BodyWorks Plus guest hotline to talk about some of this weekend's action. Kevin, how is it going, my man? How are you guys doing over there? We are doing great, man. Excited to hear what you had to say. You hit on a couple of things last week that came true. We can talk about Colorado uh, taking the L that they took, and you were right on top of that. And so uh, this week we're talking about uh, a game that you have a lot of interest in to tell us about Florida and Kentucky. Florida traveling to Lexington right now from the line, looking like Kentucky is a slight favorite but what say you about this matchup? Well, before I get into this matchup, let me just tell everybody here at VegasMistake.com. Last week in college football, if you remember, I gave you uh, Notre Dame on your show, which they were getting three. They should have won. They got last-second touchdown there, and then they had t- ten guys on the field for defense. What a meltdown right there. But our clients on Saturday got Washington State plus the three winning outright. On Sunday... <clears throat> They got the Colts plus the seven and a half winning outright. That's what we do here, folks, at VegasMistakes.com. We find where the mistakes are, where the odds makers know where the public is going to bet because the public bets on how teams play the previous week, and they jack those lines up, and that's where we find those mistakes. Go to VegasMistake.com. You sign up. Right there, you get a letter in your email box thanking you for signing up, and you get your picks right there online. Go to VegasMistake.com. We treat it like a business. Less games, more money. Let's get right into this first game, Florida at Kentucky. Let me just tell you right now, since 1980, Florida is 39-4 straight up in this series without even the point spread. They're just 39-4, and and they're 21-1 when they allow 14 or fewer points in this matchup. And I know that Kentucky's getting a lot of chatter in this SEC, but let me tell you, look who they played, guys. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Vanderbilt. You, me, Wes, everybody, we could put 11 guys together. We would be 4-0 <laughs> against them, all right? I'm telling you right now, they're playing with double revenge here, Florida. I think getting the points is a gift they lost last year and the year before, plus the fact that Coach Napier for Florida – he is 11-2 and two 
in conference play as a dog, 7-0 and straight up as a dog, five points or fewer. I like Florida to win this game outright as a small dog. Then also, too, uh, looking at NFL, I know you said you had uh, some great information on this Chiefs-Jets matchup. The line, as I see it, Kansas City is a pretty sizable favorite here. What say you on this game on Sunday night? It's basically simple. I wouldn't bet the Jets with your money, okay? I mean, you, everyone's watching them each and every week. Thank you. Court, all right? Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen, guys, I'm a huge Jet fan. He's just not a quarterback in the NFL. That's the bottom line. I mean, he's trying. I give the kid credit. I want to see him succeed. But Kansas City right now, everyone thought that they weren't good. After watching them play that first game and losing to Detroit, they all, all Kansas City, they need time to get their stuff together. Listen, folks, Kansas City is a well oiled machine. They're going into New York on prime time Sunday night, and I promise you this. I thought this line would be much bigger than it is. I think it's a trap where basically they're trying to get everyone to bet the Jets. This line is less than double digits. I think it's like nine and a half now from eight and a half. I see Kansas City blowing out the Jets because you have to score at least 25, 27, 28 points just to keep it close with Kansas City, maybe even win to even cover sometimes. Forget about it. Jets won't even score more than 13. Kansas City in a blowout in this matchup. Kevin Todd of VegasMistake.com joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. They find the mistakes in the lines coming from Vegas. A real interesting concept. Again, go check them out, VegasMistake.com. Last thing before we get you out of here, Kevin, I did want to ask you, about the ACC action this weekend. Duke, Notre Dame, college game day in town. Maybe you want to focus on that one. But you're the you're the uh, the expert here. Where is the Vegas mistake within the ACC? Well, let's look at this. Notre Dame should have won. Should have been going into Duke playing under, going into undefeated. Duke did beat a good Clemson team. It was the first game of the season, but I don't understand this game right now. If you're looking at this line. A lot of people, they're going to want to jump on Duke at home getting the points, but I think that's a huge mistake there. I think laying the points here with Notre Dame over Duke is huge. Listen, you watch what they did against that defense, against the offense against Ohio State. They shut them down pretty much the entire game. They let up a fourth and seven in the last drive, only rushing three instead of rushing four, putting pressure on them. And let me tell you right now, I mean, Notre Dame, I know Duke, they're 4-0 straight up. And they're 4-0 against the spread this early season. But I'm sorry, folks. I think Notre Dame is the real deal. If they had beaten Ohio State, which they should have, I think Notre Dame would have been in the playoff. I'm going to lay the 5.5 here with Notre Dame. I look 27-19 win here for Notre Dame. Uh, oh, all right. Well, that was Kevin Todd of VegasMistake.com. You can go there to get all your great picks for this weekend's action. Kevin, we appreciate it as always. Thank you, guys. And like I said before, go to VegasMistake.com. You sign up right on the website. You can either get the email picks right to your email box or you can get the text message for your picks, whatever you feel comfortable, folks. But I'm telling you, go to VegasMistake.com. We find the mistakes. We treat it like a business. Less games, more money, no parlays, no teasers. Those are sucker bets, folks. I'm telling you, I have a dog in college football this weekend and another dog in the NFL. I am going 2-0 and this weekend. Go to vegasmistake.com and sign up guys i'll speak with you next week all right sounds good kevin todd actually dropping what at the time was somewhat of a hot take with colorado not reaching a bowl game yeah he was all over it with them just getting destroyed by oregon maybe 
a little bit more of the same this weekend? Who knows? But Kevin Tide, VegasMistake.com. Go check it out because it's an interesting concept. They find the mistakes from the experts, quote unquote, Wes. They're not the experts, Kevin Todd. That's what I like about it. We'll see if he hits yet again. But continuing the college football talk, Clemson traveling to Syracuse. And this is going to be a big time matchup because this is kind of dangerous ground for the Clemson Tigers. They've had 158 consecutive games without consecutive losses in the same season. That's Clemson's longest streak in school history. The nation's longest active streak. Dabble could get his 100th career win in ACC regular season play. And so they're attempting to win a six straight game against Syracuse to add to the longest streak by either team in the series history. Clemson is also attempting to approve to five and one in road games at Syracuse all time. And so when you take a look at Cuse, uh, they lead the ACC still at 44.3 points per game. They're second in scoring defense, fourth in total defense, third in total offense. And Garrett Schrader is second in the ACC in total offense and tied for the ACC lead in total touchdowns. So when you look at this matchup, what would a loss for Clemson mean if this were to happen? I want to send this one to Fitty, if you don't mind. Because Fitty, if Clemson loses to Syracuse, <laughs> are you firing Dabo Sweeney? That's the question. No, I'm not. I'm not firing him. But uh, if I'm that AD, we're having an honest conversation. Like I know Syracuse is good, but then you're you're two and three. Not a good. You 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 can't you can't justify the way you're running your program if you're two and three. You just can't. Like the two national titles, they don't become irrelevant. But the sport was at a different landscape back then. The sports changed since you last went to the playoff and won a national championship. And so it's going to be tough. Syracuse always gets up for when Clemson comes to town. That dome, it gets a little bit more stuffy in there, and it's usually a fun competitive ball game. It feels like the very worst time to be taking on Syracuse for yes, Clemson. <laughs> especially they with smell blood in the water. Especially with the way that Dino Babers has it out for Dabo Sweeney. If they actually pull this thing off and you see Clemson go 2-3 and three to start the season – Big old panic time. Monster panic time for Clemson. I would agree with that. I mean, that season's essentially over as it stands. I mean, I saw a fan on a text line yesterday say that Clemson uh, could run the table and still get what they want. And I guess in theory they could. If they run the table, I would imagine that would put them in the ACC championship game. Uh, now they have two conference losses, though, so it's still going to be hard ground to make up with no divisions. But, yeah, I mean, if they lose this game, I think the most important thing is that He's got to find a way to redefine that program if this were to happen because this season right now they're unranked, and so that also is going to give them calls to do that. As I said, they do have an NIL building dedicated strictly to that, and so uh, the transfer portal, will Dabo start to adapt and go to that place because this is a program that's going to need a little bit of retooling. This is a very dangerous game. Uh, coming up, I thought you were going to ask Fiddy, was he going to start getting more nervous for his Tar Heels if Syracuse were to win this no, game? That's I what I thought the question was going to be. No, I know what answer I'm getting there. No, he's not nervous about Syracuse football, and he was going to say it in a way that was real derogatory. What I really want to know is what AJ asked on the text line, 704-570-9610. I thought the same thing, AJ. He said he would love to hear Fiddy's honest conversation with Dabo. Can you give us a little bit of access Maybe allow us to be a fly on the wall for your honest conversation with Dabo Sweetie behind closed doors. What would that sound like? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I would just, uh, <laughs> I think I'd, I'd tell him, 
get my authoritative voice going. Okay. Dabo, come in and, and shut the door. <laughs> why, are we, why are we playing this out? I, I don't so know. Long? I, I was hoping maybe the door was just going to magically shut itself on the air. You got to get your ass in the portal, son. We got no wide receivers. We got skill position talent, likewise to what Georgia Tech has, and that's unacceptable. Maybe get you a quarterback or two, because Kay Klubnick is not the guy. The ACC runs through Death Valley, but unless you get in the portal, we're going to run you ass down the hill and out of Clemson, South Carolina. He probably asked you if you'd been to school when he says run you ass. What, what about uh, if, if Well, you, I mean, look, Dabo's an Alabama man, so do you, do you, do you think his IQ is all that high? All right, man. text us 704-570-9610. Would you be feeling the heat if you had that honest conversation with AD, Josh Fitty Barlow of Clemson? How much pressure would you be feeling all about this? Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be one of the better games of the day. Oh, for sure. I did want to ask you this, too. What's more likely here? Because there are people, there are Clemson fans that don't think that that their season is over, that they can still get what they want if they run the table. Yeah, if you run the table, you're going to be in the conversation at least. What's more likely to happen? Is it going to be Duke reaching the ACC championship game or Duke running the table? Duke reaching the ACC championship game? Yeah, I go with Duke reaching the ACC championship game. I, I did say in my preseason observations, I feel like they may drop one or two maybe that we don't expect, but... Man, I'll, I'll say I didn't expect this defense to come out and be this good. Uh, they're very balanced on offense. I think Saturday's going to go a long way in determining that because I feel like, man, if they get this win on Saturday, whoo, sky could be the limit for Duke. 100%. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, They have Florida State left, and it's a tough schedule for both teams, by the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is because the ACC is good, yeah. but you're also talking about the faux ACC team in Notre Dame. Still, you have Duke playing them this weekend. Clemson will take on Notre Dame a little bit later on in the season. But imagine that, right? Like if you're pulling for Notre Dame, if you're Clemson, right? I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of a lose lose, I guess, if you think about it, because if Duke loses, you got beat 28 to seven against the blue devils. If, Notre Dame loses, and then you get a win against them a little bit later on in the season. That's a three loss. That's a three loss team for Notre Dame. And if they win against Duke, yeah. then it means you lost to a team that got beat. You know what I'm saying? Like they're there's looking not up, a lot man. of positive They need outcomes. everybody in front of them to to take L's for Clemson if they want to get to Charlotte. Because I would think right now that's the goal for them. I don't think that the college football playoffs are in the card by in the cards by any stretch of the imagination. I think for Clemson right now, your main goal is just to get to Charlotte try to win the ACC championship and get to a New Year's Six game like you did last year. Well, and here's the other thing. With Mac Brown complaining about the schedule where Fitty was tired of it, and I was too. I was tired. Like, Mac Brown, stop, okay? It's going to be a tough schedule, and I compared him to the other ACC schools, and it didn't look like it was any easier for the other teams. North Carolina, even if it's hard because of the ACC and where they're playing right now, they don't have Florida State like Duke does. They don't have Notre Dame like Duke and Clemson does left on their schedule. So if we're talking about all the competition that the higher ACC teams have left right now, think about this stretch. Syracuse, Miami, 16th ranked team, going to be tough. Virginia, on the road against Georgia Tech and Campbell. Like Barring the, hey, don't just sleepwalk over some of these programs conversation, because I'm not saying you can just show up against Georgia Tech and win. We saw them lose last year. That's not what I'm saying. But if we're going with... The big-time matchups that each of these top-tier teams have left on their slate, 
North Carolina, it favors them until they get to the end of the season when you have Duke and Clemson back-to-back. But in the middle portion, Florida State, Notre Dame, Fort Duke, and Clemson, it, it favors North Carolina yeah. after an offseason where Mac Brown was complaining about the schedule. So the Tar Heels, they could end up in the driver's seat as long as their defense plays just well enough where Drake May continues to flourish. North Carolina should be in the driver's seat until they get to the last month, and that's when things start to get real tricky for them. Yep, the games have to be played, man. We're going to see teams are going to continue to step up, but Carolina definitely has that advantageous schedule. Like you said, we'll see if they can take advantage of that. But when we come back, we are going to pick the 10 best players from this Panthers-Vikings matchup and make picks for some of the weekend's best matchups. That and more on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks to Ellis Williams. Thanks to Kevin Todd hopping on with us on today's show. A fun football Friday edition. If you like the alliteration, of course you do, because you're listening to Wesson Walker on WFNZ. (laughs) Rank radio, baby. It's here. We save it for what is the second to last segment of every week's show. We're taking a look at the top 10 players between the Panthers and the Vikings this week. We'll also be giving you the Pick'em series just a little bit earlier because we want to save the last segment for the week that was. It's a fun segment. We want to end with an exclamation point. So the week that was will be coming up next, but we'll be giving you the top 10 rankings between the Vikings and the Panthers, and then we'll go through the slate of NFL games, but also local college football games. So let's start with the top 10. Do you just want to skip over number one and just acknowledge it's Justin Jefferson? Oh, we're going to go reverse order this week, too, oh, like the fans we are asked go. for. We are going to go yeah, we're reverse start order. At 10, 9, 8. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Wasn't prepared for the 10 going to okay, the well, number we'll one. Okay, we'll go normal order, and then next week we'll change it. This is the most disorganized segment we do every week, I'll say. <laughs> See, I came prepared. I got my list. Uh, I didn't have Trump it from type. 10 to 1. I yeah. had it from, like, 1 until, like, 7. Okay, so then we'll do it that way. Can we skip Justin Jefferson, though? Because we all know he's going to be number one, right? Yeah. Justin Jefferson's number we one. We are consensus on that. Yeah, we got to be. like, So I, I don't know who else would, would go ahead of Justin Jefferson. Best wide receiver in the game. Thought it might be Jamar Chase for a little bit, but there's no denying what Justin Jefferson has done. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the number one player in this game. Number two is really hard for me. You know, he's young. His second year in the league, he was just a dominant force. He got hurt in week two. Wes, after watching the film, though, man, I, I think I got to go Darisaw with the left tackle going in. I Look, I know you're going to look at PFF. I know you're going to no, say that the I grade, already saw PFF. I know you're going to look at the grades. 
<laughs> if you look at what he did last year, though, just a second he's year a in the league. He's a good player, no question. Was, That's not was, why I'm He was the like second that. best tackle in all of football. And yeah. if we talk about a premium position, if you play left tackle, uh-huh. you are protecting for Kirk Cousins' blindside where you are allowing him to feed the ball to Justin Jefferson, and he just puts dudes on the ground. I love Darisaw, man. I'm going with him, number two, the second best player in this game. And man, then three. Disrespect. I'm going to give love to Derek Brown, what he's been able to do. I'm going to give love to Derek Brown, having a fantastic start to the season. Number one, Justin Jefferson. Number two, Christian Derrissaw. Number three, Derek Brown. Are we going to have the same debate that we do every week? I mean, a quarterback passing for 358 yards per game, nine touchdowns to two interceptions with a 69% completion percentage. And we just act like that this guy's not even... Come on, in the top three. My top three is Justin Jefferson, followed by Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. who had a strong debate for number one in this game. And then He's... I go Derek Brown. All right, hold on one second. You know, usually I'm I don't want to have go ahead. I don't want to have any more of the QB debates because mm-hmm. we do it every week. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna let that slide, right? Like I'm not here to argue about the middle of the road quarterbacks, but right. you can't you can't tell me that you were really thinking about putting Kirk over Justin Dog, Jefferson. He's throwing for 358 a game. And don't tell me that it's because Justin Jefferson. Because, for one, I could make the debate that he's helped Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's the guy throwing the football. But this is a guy for his career that averages 260 passing yards per game. He averaged 307 yards per game in 2016. I mean, this is a guy that's a walking 300 yards, basically. Okay. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league, right? Yes. Kirk Cousins is where on the best QBs in the NFL. All right, well that I'd have to take some time and research that, but, but I know he's, he's not, a guy that puts up gaudy numbers. He's not number one, but Kirk Cousins is is pretty nice. Oh, that if you want to put him two or three, uh, I'm that that's where we get to the point where I'm not going to do the whole middle of the road QB ranking thing. Uh-huh. You can't put him above Justin Jefferson at all. And you didn't. So maybe I'm just arguing for the sake of yeah, arguing. Yeah, you did. I, I did not put him but, ahead. But, but the fact that you thought about it. Fiddy, why do you have your head in your hands like you do right now? Is it for me this time or no, is it for Wes? I mean, every week you just amaze me. Is it me? Yes. You hate Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, I don't hate him. But, oh, I, but he I, did admit that he puts up numbers, though. Yeah, Fiddy, I mean, the, the you guy. Have, you have berated this man. I'm not going to take this heat because you have berated this man and Kirk Cousins. Last year, I remember us having a debate on if Kirk Cousins was better than Baker Mayfield. Remember, we got to make picks. You cape for Baker Mayfield. You cape for him, Fiddy. And I didn't forget, don't you change your tune now. Ooh. I compare him to my favorite NFL quarterback of all time. The guy that I love and Tony Romo, if I'm going to put him on the same pedestal as my favorite NFL player I've ever watched play the game, as much as I realize he has his shortcomings in the postseason, that guy in September, October, November, December, balls out. Can, can we wait? But Is there a quarterback outside of Mahomes, Herbert, and Allen that you think is actually worth a damn? No, those are it. I don't think anybody else is very See, good. This, this, is why, this is why we want to punch you. Okay. We do this Lamar segment. Jackson and Joe Burrow above Kirk Cousins, of course, too. Like if we're doing, Kirk yeah, Cousins but you is better you than Lamar Jackson. Kristen Darrisaw and and Derek Brown over this man. I did. I, yeah. I, I absolutely. He's did. a dominant quarterback. I, I think your 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 rankings should be. Uh, they should be taken away. Just, this should just be a West segment. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear West? He put your boy Kirk Cousins over Lamar Jackson. I heard him, but I'm not going to let you goat me into fighting with Fiddy on this one because I'm saying. just going to keep riding with my That dog. guy All won right. an MVP award, and he's trying to disrespect and right. say Kirk Cousins. I'm just saying. Four, four through seven. What you got? 
Y'all are so wrong on this stuff. All right, number four <laughs> through seven. Um, I got Brian Burns. I'm going to put him ahead of Kirk Cousins again. Now now it's just a game. Now I want to see you guys. Scoring. Right, right, right. I got Brian Burns. I'll put five Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the fifth best player in this matchup. That's respectful, right? Ellis, please, if you see Kirk Cousins, tell him about this. Hey, you know what happened last time? He tweeted at me and said, watch Cordero Patterson run all over the yard. Uh-huh. What did Cordero do? Nothing last game. So come at me, Ellis. Come at me, Wes Bryant. Come at me, Fitty Marlowe. I'm going to end up being right just like I always am. Okay. Number six. <laughs> Number six. Uh, this is where I have Frankie Louvu coming in. So Justin Jefferson, one. Darisaw, two. Derek Brown, three. Brian Burns, four. Kirk Cousins, five. Frankie Louvu coming in at number six overall. Okay. Uh, for my number four, I'm going to go with Brian Burns off the strength of the season that he's having. He's playing really good football uh, right now. We know what he represents out there. My number five player is Cameron Bynum, the safety from the Minnesota Vikings. This kid, he's currently graded as the sixth best safety uh, in all of football. He's having a really good season so far. Uh, the kid hasn't missed a tackle. Uh, when you look at his numbers. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Ivan Pace. But Cameron Bynum's playing really good football right now for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I've got him in there as well. And so uh, this team, when you look at it, tackling great for this guy's 85.5 coverage grade, 76.3. All right, moving on. After that, I've got Ivan Pace Jr. He has not missed a tackle this season at his linebacker post. And also when you look at him from an analytic standpoint, he is graded very favorably by PFF currently playing the best ball or the third best ball in the league when you talk about linebackers. So I've got him in there, even though his defense has not uh, represented his caliber of play. Number seven, I will go uh, Frankie Louvu. Uh, Frankie does miss a decent amount of tackles, but still he's a very disruptive player, and I think he has a chance to really make his presence felt in this football game. Man, Bynum, you got to be solely grading on what he's done in three games, because last year he wasn't very good. That's right, but it's all about what you're doing right now. This is not a career achievement segment. This is who's balling coming into this football game. That's not what I heard when you put up Cameron Jordan and people up there like that. Well, Cameron Jordan, he also he made some noise in that game, but Cameron Jordan's been productive. He's always productive yes, weekend, week in, week out. but it's right now. I'm just asking. I think Cameron Jordan, at the time we put him in, he had like a 72. I'm just Because you talked about how you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Because, of, like, man, buying him only three games. I'm just saying, this is, y'all going to come at me, corner dog going to bite. Yeah. woo Right. That's what's going to happen in the top ten. All right. All right. Number six is Frankie Luva for me. Starting off at number seven. This is where I put TJ Hawkinson, man. TJ Hawkinson is making a case for a top three tight end spot. Is he the second right now? Because Kelsey's number one. Is Who's the second best tight end in all well, of football? I know the uh, rookie for the Lions, Laporta, is balling out. He's he, having a historic season. He very much is. Sam Laporta is We're very good. We're not going to forget about George Kittle. No, but I think you'd be mad at what Fitty was saying about George yeah, Kittle no, the I mean, other day. He's definitely in the top. He's in the conversation for top three. Hmm. In the conversation, huh? Yeah. Y'all what's, yeah. Your, what's your knock on Kittle? He, I know what Walker's trying to do here. I just want to know what's Just your, saying, he called him a jag the other day. He okay, said he's not now, a guy. All right, now Ooh. now Walker's pulling a Fitty. No, yeah, no, he's not. I'm just telling you what that fishbowl <laughs> sounded like, Wes. Yeah, he's definitely not the force anymore that, that that Hawkinson has emerged, but now when he was in Detroit and in, and in Minnesota. Oh, Wes so. is squinting. Wes is squinting you right now. You must not saw him catch nine passes last Thursday. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I did not because that game was over at halftime. Not to mention you um, – you know, you guys, I know you guys don't think blocking really matters in football like that, but. Uh, I put Darisaw too. Don't put that on me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
George Kittle lays it out out there when you talk about blocking. I like blocking. Kittle. All right, like your last Kittle. three, what you got? Yeah, this was all fit. I'll put Darisaw. I'm trying to respect offensive linemen, unlike some people out here. Number eight, I'm putting Daniil Hunter. You know what? I was saying about how he wasn't, like, really getting home. Mm-hmm. I lied. I apologize to Daniil Hunter. The dude's got five sacks already this season. Mm-hmm. He had a big old game in week two where he had three sacks, and even if they're 0-3, Ellis is right. He is the guy that is solely responsible for the pass rushing. And the only thing holding Hunter back throughout his career is his injuries. That guy's a stud when he goes out there on the football field. Really like Daniil Hunter. Speaking of Cam Jordan, Wes, I feel like he's in that category of underrated pass rushers. Anytime Mm -hmm. you see him out there, all they do is produce. All they do is get home. All they do is rack up a few Pro Bowl appearances here and there. And yet we don't hold them in the highest of regards, right? Mm -hmm. They're not Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, those guys who is. But I do think Daniil Hunter's very good. Apologize for the slight disrespect that I had towards him earlier. So I have Daniil Hunter coming in at number eight. Um, this is where I'm going to put pace. And this is very early in this guy's career. But, man, how about the way that he's been playing at linebacker for the Vikings? You're talking about Brian Flores liking to use him as a guy running all over the field. Really like what you got from that rookie and Ivan Pace. So I've got him at number nine. And, you know, it's a tradition at this point. You know who's coming in at number 10. Speaking of the love for the offensive lineman, Taylor Moten, come on of down. Of course. Taylor Moten going to finish us out at number 10 overall. Live it, love it, breathe it. Top 10, respect for the offensive lineman because I know you're getting betrayed by one of your very own here. (laughs) All right, so uh, when you look at my bottom three, I've got at number eight, Brian O'Neill at that tackle for Minnesota, their right tackle to be exact. He's got a 78.5 grade, ninth best tackle in all of football according to PFF, so I'm going to go with him. Also ACC guy, Pittsburgh Panther. He hails from, then I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. You're right, he is playing really good football at the tight end position. I think he's a big-time weapon uh, for the Vikings. And at number 10, man, listen, Panther fans, you know what I'm saying? No hate. I'm putting Bryce down there at number 10, man. I think Bryce is going to come out and play some ball, show you why he's him, that he was the number one draft pick in this football game. I'm going with Bryce Young, man. I'm not going to jump off the Bryce bandwagon like Walker has. Definitely trying to manipulate right there. We still got picks to go. (laughs) Y'all. I don't want no other words said about my top 10 ever Whoa, again. Whoa, hold on. What? You put a tackle who has a Bagel 63 guy, grade as right. your number one player. What, what? Taylor Moten? Man, it's not. Darisol. This is what you do. This is what you do. Okay, tell me. You go to PFF. I do. And then if the grade ain't hitting, then you quitting. Yeah. And the thing is, if you look at <laughs> what Bynum did last year, the dude on PFF, outside of a three-game sample size, Bynum was not good. If you are a legacy player like a Cam Jordan, well, we know when you step out there, you're a dog. I will make exceptions for your PFF grade. Bagel but guy for the most a homer, part, and you put Bryce Young in the top ten yes. after two games where he's not been good. But for the most part, like I said, if you are a legacy player, I will – kind of look past your PFF grade because Cameron Jordan, we know what he represents and he caused problems in that game. He was out there giving your boy Moten. He didn't get a sack but he was giving Moten all he could handle out there on the edge. But Cameron Bynum when you're a guy that's playing top 10 football at your position, I have to recognize that. He's the 6th rated safety in all of football. He's got an 86.8 grade. He's playing really good football. He he is playing very good football. The way you're talking, I hope he gets two picks. I like Bynum fine. I just, if we're, <laughs> look, if we're going to talk about him having a 50, you want to go with the PFF grade and nothing more. The dude got a 58 two years ago. Two 
years oh, no, ago, last man. Last season. Last, last season. season. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But this is a whatever you've done for me lately. If you're a legacy player, I can overlook a little bit of those grades, man. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing really good football, it's not like the guy was 15th or 16th. This guy's playing top 10 safety football through three games. So this is a pretty good sample size as well. But He's you got mad the- at me. Top 10 football. You know who's playing top 10 football that you got mad at me for putting where I did? Who was that? Derek Brown. You got mad at me for it, though. Well, I got D. Brown three. I was just mad you put him over Kirk Cousins. Big Cat Dan, if it ain't hitting, you quitting. Good one, Walker. Yeah, that was a good line. All right, uh, yeah. All right, so we got to do the picks real quick. <sighs> I think we probably should just do Fitty Flash and then come back. We didn't do it, Wes. We got too much arguing. And you know what? I promise you. I promise you I came into this show today saying, I ain't arguing QBs again. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But when you put Kirk Cousins number two, and really what got me was you said, it's okay that you put him number two. That's okay. I'm not really mad at that. But when you said that you really thought about putting anybody, I would have been mad at Brian Burns, too, Bryce Young, whoever. I would have been mad. Because he's the guy that's helping Justin Jefferson do all those numbers. Who's throwing him the ball? Man, in that fourth down conversion against Buffalo last year, uh-huh. that wasn't Kirk Cousins' accuracy. Oh, that was Justin Jefferson right. reaching up with he, one hand. He made a spectacular catch, but we know who's feeding him the rock. That was a great catch, man. No question about it. But we know who's feeding him the pill. And this is not like this is something where Justin Jefferson comes in and makes him. Kurt, I mean, Kurt Cousins is a walking 300. Somebody's feeding you crazy pills with that right, take. Crazy Let's go pills. On the Fitty Flash. Walking 300. What you got? What you got for us, Fitty? End it now because I'm tired of arguing QBs again. To be honest with you, I don't got a whole lot of nothing. Oh my God, the disorganization (laughs) is at a Well, because I was getting prepared for the picks, and then we had your bad list, which was then topped by Wes's list. Yeah. Um, Good news. Not only is Bryce Young the only rookie quarterback making his way back, so. Is Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson out of concussion protocol? He will start. So Gardner Minshew, uh, his era, his reign in Indianapolis, it comes to an after a one start for the Colts. Yeah, sorry to Drew, the Gen Z giant, who is the biggest fan of Gardner Minshew that I've ever met, and that's no hyperbole. The man wore a Minshew Mania t-shirt the other day. That's how big of a fan he is, but Anthony Richardson going to be suiting up once again. Should be fun to see what the rookie QBs do this weekend. One more segment to go. We'll give you the picks. We'll also give you the week that was on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
220 throughout the NFL season. It's going to be a long segment every single Friday. You know who we got next? We got Detroit. Mm. The Jared Goff debate. It's going to happen, and it's going to be big. And then we have Miami. Yeah, I was going to say, are we going to debate about two or two? Well, I'm not going to put him number one, but you probably will. So The way that he's playing right now, I mean. Tyreek Hill. I get it, but Tua playing a lot. The ball. A lot of people are saying that Tua's in the MVP discussion, one of the front runners right now. So, I mean, you can say Everybody's what you want. Everybody's excuse about who throws them the football. Like, yes, there is somebody that technically has to throw them the football because somebody's playing QB. No, Tua's sick. I'm going to put him at, like, probably two, actually. He's been playing that well. I well, that's respectable would. considering the messenger. But come on, Tyreek is in like Tyreek is sick. No, there's no question about it, man. It's no, I mean, I'm, we've I'm never seen Tua do this without Tyreek ever. Like we haven't seen him do it. He's gotten out to some good starts. Like, he had a pretty good last year, last year, year. But, yeah. for sure. With Tyreek, with Tyreek, and he had a uh, well, he was 16 touchdowns, 10 picks the year before. Oh yeah, that. he wasn't very. People were asking about whether they should draft a quarterback instead of him. Like it was Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, but he's been balling. He's been stepping up in the pocket. I'm gonna give him love. But I'm not going to put him above Tyreek Hill. Let's move on to the games because this thing could go on. Now, if you put Bryce Young at number 10, I think we're going to get to Justin Fields before you leave a QB off your top 10. All right. Well, you dissing uh, Bryce Young. Now. You did low-key diss Bryce Young. In He's not a top 10 day. player right now. That's not dissing him. You put him in the top 10. I did. That means Justin Fields the only QB. I did a little play. bit of um, you know, kind of projecting. I think he's going to have a big game. We, that's the, what I'm saying. Wes's rules are fluid. They're fluid, and it frustrates me, and that's why we ten, debate. Ten can be kind of a wild card uh, for me. You know what I'm saying? So, are you telling me, uh, Fitty, the guy that won the, the tickets, is um, is that correct that you have right here, that you put it in there? Because this guy, he and I were uh, rivals in high school, being that we were considered the two best uh, offensive linemen in North Carolina, or two of them anyway. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> I hope it's right <laughs> for yeah, his Zach sake. And lava. Yeah, I remember him. I, we're, we're actually uh, we're actually Facebook friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and I were uh, kind of rivals together in high okay. school. I didn't I didn't care for him too much because there were people who, you know, <laughs> were putting us together. No, no, I didn't know him at all. Much love to him because I think we're Facebook friends as well. So I just wanted to say all that right. real quick. Zach Bequa Bevelacqua. Bequa the yeah, Facebook I remember friend the name. of a couple people in the I remember the name uh, fluidly because my best friend at that time had played on the same high school team as him at Butler High School, and so he would bring him up to try to needle me. Okay. But his defensive end paid for that needling, so. Any other, any other stories about him? <laughs> that's it. Okay. No, no, Sounds good. It. Let's move on. Let's go to the Pick'em segment. It's time for what we have for tonight. Louisville at NC State. Try to roll through this thing pretty quickly. I think Louisville wins. I've not been impressed with NC State. I have been with Louisville. Going to be a tough test for both, but give me the Cardinals to come out on top. I second that with you uh, as well. I got NC State. I mean, I'm sorry, Louisville. Louisville. What you got, Fitty? Give me give me the Cardinals by a field goal, but something tells me State's defense mucks this game up and they and they got a chance. That's an astute observation. 49ers all day. I'm picking them over SMU. Come on, who do you think this is? Uh, I'm going to take SMU. I still don't trust Charlotte just yet because I want to win this thing, so I'm going to go with uh, SMU. Give me the ponies a statement win for the Atlantic Coast Conference. Even <laughs> Atlantic. <laughs> even if Syracuse always plays Clemson close, I'm going to go with the Tigers to take care of business on the road. Woo! 
Ooh, uh, ooh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Clemson too, man. I'm going to go with that Clemson pedigree. I feel like they bounced back. I had the stat about 158 games uh, since they've lost back-to-back games, so I'm going to stick with the Tigers. Clemson knocked out Garrett Schrader a year ago. I don't think it happens on Saturday, but giving the Tigers by a touchdown. I'm feeling Duke. I think they win. I think it's at home against Notre Dame. I think this defense can limit the offense, just like we saw with Ohio State, limiting that Notre Dame offense. Maybe not to that key, but Riley Leonard, this could be the game that he shows out once again. He certainly did it against Clemson. Give me Wes's Blue Devils. I'm going to jump in that ship right with you, Walker. Uh preseason i did have this as an l for duke but i have a right to change my doggone opinion because i can i just think duke man defensively what they represent and they proved against clemson that they're ready for a big time environment to show up and show out give me duke i know duke beat clemson at home i think notre dame has a couple more dudes than the tigers have this year give me the irish by field goal okay let's go to south carolina on the road against tennessee this one's tough we saw tennessee lose a game we did not expect them to lose at least a lot of people did it against florida Toughest one for me, but I think Spencer Rattler's playing well enough. I think they do the exact same thing they did last year. South Carolina gets Ooh. it done on the road. Uh, Yeah, at Knoxville, man, that's a hard place to go in and win. I think it'll be a hard-fought matchup, but give me Tennessee at home. They're hard to beat in Knoxville. Yeah, look, Tennessee hung, what, 60 on uh, – or South Carolina hung 60 on Tennessee a year ago in Williams-Brice. This game's on the road in Neyland Stadium. South Carolina can't block nobody. Tennessee by two scores. Well, they did a good job against uh, Georgia, man, until that weather started. So I do, I give them a fighting chance. All right, we have a battle between a couple of top 10 quarterbacks, Vikings and Panthers, going <laughs> at it this Sunday. If it's not here, Wes, then win. I'm going with Carolina, knowing I'm probably going to drop them for an L the next couple of weeks. Give me Carolina to win this football game. <laughs> Nice roar to go with it. I'm uh, going to go with the Vikings in a shootout. What you got, Fiddy? I've picked the Panthers all three games. And they're <laughs> yeah, I, I they're 0-3. Give me, give me the Vikings. I don't think it's close. 38-21. Oh, okay. You don't think it's close now. Mm. That's a good sign. If the Fiddy curse is real, that is a good sign for Panthers fans. Let's now go to a few of the fun highlights that we have accumulated throughout the week. It's the week that was. Fiddy, take us away. All right, we got to go back to last Friday's show. I don't know if we've ever had a guest appearance give us a great highlight, but Jack Taylor from Bayhackle Sports, he was on the program. And as we learned, he was a former intern of one Walker Gunderson Mail, which led Wes to give Walker a great new uh, show name, if you will. Jack Taylor, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB Charlotte and Bay Hackle Sports. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Jack Taylor TV. And yes, he is the son of Jeff Taylor and also a former disciple of one Walker Mail. He was your intern. So they're out uh, there, Walker. Huh? Yeah, man. You got sons out here, man. Fiddy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wes just called me your daddy. Do you like that? I know you like that. Yes, I do. I know daddy. you do. I shouldn't have sold that so hard. Wes, get us on the rails once again. <laughs> you played me. I knew you were going to play me, and I fell right into that trap. Speaking of Kirk Cousins, I pulled one there saying, if you like that and then you hit me with yes and you called me daddy disturbing and of course he made it a promo because that's what fitty does what else do you have for us fitty all right we only got time for one more we go back to monday show and we'll, we'll pull the curtain back just a little bit i got a text from walker mid-host 
telling me, get the foul line intro ready. Then he started stretching <laughs> in the studio to get ready. And then our guy with maybe his best rant since the show got put together. Everybody that took some kind of happy emotion into Deion Sanders getting beat this weekend, you're lame. Anybody that had a problem with Dan Lanning pregame speech, you are so lame. <laughs> to put it in the words of Jamel Hill tweeting out there, she's heard worse pregame speeches from coaches that would convince their players the other team kicked puppies for a living. They're playing for clicks, not wins. Honestly, that's a bar. <laughs> Even if it is hypocritical, we see coaches do this constantly. That you are... Uh, me wearing this pink, bright-ass shirt, I'm calling you soft. <laughs> if you had a problem with that, I'm calling you soft. Man. That yeah. was tough. I loved it. I was every so, second. I was so upset with everybody. The, the, the entire discourse surrounding Dan Lanning pregame speech, Deion Sanders. I will have to say this once more, though, before the weekend. I'm sorry, Mama Bryant. I did not mean to insult you. I did not mean to call you out. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you can make more pound cakes for everybody because the one you made, Fitty, it looks very good. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. <laughs> a hell of a week. Hell of a week. We'll be back with that you it was. on Monday and beyond from 12 to 3 p.m. every single weekday. Until then, keep it right here with Kyle Bailey and Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.